This is a reading of the account of the martyrdom of Apollonius, also called Zacchaeus. This martyrdom is a short account of the death of a devout Christian in the 2nd century AD. At this time in history, it was illegal to be Christian. This recording is available as both a YouTube video and a podcast. The name of both the YouTube channel and the podcast is Revealed Name. Thank you for listening. I'll now start the reading. The Martyrdom of the Saintly and Blessed Apostle, Apollonius, also called Secchius. Lord, have mercy. A persecution against the Christians took place in the reign of Commodus. A man named Perennis was governor of the province of Asia. The Apostle Apollonius, an Alexandrian by birth, a man of prudence who feared the Lord, was arrested and brought before the court. After he was brought in, the proconsul Perennis said, Apollonius, are you a Christian? Yes, I am a Christian, said Apollonius, and hence I worship and fear the God who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them. Change your mind, said the proconsul Perennis. Take my advice, Apollonius, and swear by the genius of our lord, the emperor Commodus. Apollonius, who was also known as Secchius, said, Listen to me attentively, Perennis, as I make my solemn and legitimate speech of defense. The man who changes from the just, good, and admirable commands of God is in truth the irreligious, unholy atheist. But whoever changes from complete injustice, lawlessness, idolatry, and impure thoughts, and avoids the powers of sin, and completely avoids turning to them, here is your just man. In connection with my speech of defense, I beg you to believe, Perennis, that the clear and holy precepts that we have learned from the word of God, who knows all the thoughts of men. Furthermore, we have been ordered by him never to swear, and in all things to tell the truth. It is already considered a great oath when truth is affirmed by a yes. Hence, it is wicked for a Christian to swear. For from deceit comes distrust, and through distrust in turn comes the oath. Would you want me to swear that we pay honor to the emperor and pray for his authority? If so, then I should gladly swear, calling upon the one true God, the one existing before all the ages, who was not fashioned by human hands, but rather appointed a man among men to be ruler over the earth. Perennis the proconsul said, Change your mind, Apollonius, and do what I tell you. Offer sacrifice to the gods and to the image of the emperor Commodus. I have already given you my reply, Perennis, said Apollonius with a smile, with regard to my changing my mind and taking an oath. With all Christians, I offer a pure and unbloody sacrifice to Almighty God, the Lord of heaven and earth, and of all that breathes, a sacrifice of prayer, especially on behalf of the spiritual and rational images that have been disposed by God's providence to rule over the earth. Wherefore, obeying a just precept, we pray daily to God, who dwells in the heavens, on behalf of Commodus, who is our ruler in this world. For we are well aware that he rules over the earth, by nothing else but the will of the invincible God, who comprehends all things. Perennis the proconsul said, Apollonius, 
I shall grant you a stay of execution, that you may take some thought about your life. Three days later, he ordered him brought into court. Also present was a crowd of senators, counselors, and prominent philosophers. The proconsul ordered him to be summoned, and said, Read the minutes of Apollonius' hearing. And after they were read, the proconsul Perennis said, What decision did you come to, Apollonius? Apollonius said, I have decided to remain with my religion, just as you deliberately determined about me in the proceedings. In view of the senatorial decree, said the proconsul Perennis, I urge you to change your mind, and to worship and venerate the gods that all of us worship and venerate, and so to continue to live in our midst. I am aware of that senatorial decree, said Apollonius, but I am a pious man, Perennis, and I may not worship artificial idols. Hence, I do not bow before gold or silver, bronze or iron, or before false gods made of stone or wood, who can neither see nor hear. For these are but the work of craftsmen, workers in gold and bronze. They are the carvings of men, and have no life of their own. But it is the God of the heavens whom I worship, and him alone do I venerate, who breathed into all men a living soul, and daily pours life into all. And so, Perennis, I shall not humiliate myself, nor subject myself to crooked things. It is disgraceful to worship what is no better than man, and indeed inferior to the demons. Men who humble themselves to worship things preserved by human skill commit sin. Such are but the cold carving of stone, dry wood, hard metal, or dead bones. What nonsense and deception! So, too, the Egyptians worship a basin, that most people would call a footpan, together with many other unseemly objects. What foolish crudity! Even today the Athenians adore a bronze bull's head, calling it the fortune of Athens, so that they may not even pray to their proper gods. And this, especially, does harm to the souls of the believers themselves. For what difference is there between these gods and baked clay or broken pottery? And they evoke images of deities that cannot hear as we hear. They cannot ask for favors or give them. Their entire form is indeed a lie. For though they have ears, they hear not. They have eyes but cannot see. They have hands but cannot move them. They have feet but cannot walk. Their appearance cannot change their nature. It was, I think, in derision at Athens that Socrates swore by the plane tree, the wild tree of the woods. Once again, men sin against heaven when they worship things produced by nature, such as garlic and the onion, the gods of Pelusium, all of which go into the stomach and pass out into the sewer. Thirdly, again, men sin against heaven when they adore things that are endowed with sentient life, as fishes and doves, or, like the Egyptians, the dog and the monkey, the crocodile and the cow, the asp and the wolf, all of these being reflections of their own qualities. Fourthly, again, men sin against heaven when they worship creatures endowed with reason, that is, human beings, who function as gods. They give the name of gods to men of former times, as their myths prove. Dionysus, they claim, was torn to pieces. Heracles was brought alive to the flames. Zeus was buried in Crete. 
of a piece with this is the discussion of the gods' offspring in the myths, whose names are well known. Especially because of their impiety, I must reject them. Apollonius, said the proconsul Perennis, the Senate has decreed that there be no Christians. Apollonius, also called Sacchius, said, A divine decree cannot be quelled by the decree of a man. Indeed, the more they kill those who believe in him, so much the more will their numbers grow by God's aid. But I wish you to know, Perennis, that for emperors and senators, and for those who wield great power, for rich and poor, for slave and free, for the great and the insignificant, for the philosopher and the simple man, God has laid down one and the same death for all, and a judgment after death that shall be for all mankind. But there are different sorts of death. The disciples of the Logos who has come amongst us die daily to pleasure, curbing their desires by continence and their wish to live according to the divine commandments. And you may trust us absolutely, Perennis, that we do not lie. Among us there is not one particle of undisciplined pleasure. Rather, we have banished every evil glance from our flattering eyes, that our hearts might remain inviolate. Making this our choice of life, Proconsul, we do not find it hard to die for the true God. For it is through God that we are what we are. For this reason we make every effort not to die a coward's death. Indeed, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. Often men die because of dysentery or a fever. So, too, I shall imagine that I am being carried off by something like this. Perennis the proconsul said, Having taken this decision, Apollonius, you will be glad to die? Apollonius answered, I have been glad to live, Perennis, but I have not been afraid of death because of my love of life. There is nothing more precious than life, that is, eternal life, which is the immortality of the soul that has lived a good life on earth. I do not know what you are talking about, said Perennis, nor do I understand what you are relating to me in such legalistic fashion. Apollonius said, Why should I have any sympathetic feeling for you when you are so ignorant of the gifts of grace? Perennis, the Lord's word is for the heart that can see, just as eyes can see the light. For just as nothing is accomplished by the light that shines on the blind, so too by a man who brings an announcement to the ignorant. There was a cynic philosopher there who said, Apollonius, reproach yourself. For all your subtle speech, you have wandered far from the mark. Apollonius said, I have learned to pray for men, not reproach them. But your own hypocrisy is evidence of the blindness of your heart even though you go beyond me in the extent of your idle speech. For to foolish men the truth is truly thought to be a reproach. We too are aware, said the proconsul Perennis, that the word of God is that which begets the soul and the body of the just in expressing and teaching what is dear to God. Jesus Christ, he who was our Savior, said Apollonius, became man in Judea. He was righteous in all things, and was filled with the divine wisdom. Lovingly did he teach us who was the God of all things, and what was the purpose of virtue in a life of holiness, adapting his words to the minds of men. By his passion, he destroyed the roots of sin. 
for he taught us to put a stop to anger, to moderate our desires, to conquer our pleasures, uproot our grief, to live in fellowship, to intensify our love, and to eradicate our vanity, not to retaliate against those who commit injustices against us, to despise the penalty of death inflicted by just law, not because of any sin we have committed, but because we have refrained from sin, to obey any law passed by the emperor and to respect him, but to worship the immortal God alone, to believe that the soul is immortal, to be convinced that there will be a judgment after death, and that there will be a reward given by God after the resurrection to those who have lived a good life for their labors on behalf of virtue. After teaching us this doctrine vigorously and persuading us with many arguments, he himself attained a great reputation for virtue. Still he was despised by the ignorant, like the philosophers and just men who lived before him. For the wicked have no use for the righteous. Wherefore it is written that the ignorant say unjustly, Let us imprison the just man, for he is useless to us. So too, one of the Greeks has written for us to hear, The just man, he says, will be whipped, tortured, bound, his eyes gouged out, and after suffering all sorts of penalties, will finally be impaled on the gallows. The Athenian informers convinced the people, and then unjustly condemned Socrates. So too, our Savior and teacher was condemned by a few malefactors after they had him bound. This they had also done to the prophets, who had foretold many glorious things about the man, that he would come just and virtuous in all things, that doing good to all men, he would persuade them for the sake of virtue to worship the God of all things. Him, then, we are the first to hold in honor, for we have learned the divine commands of which we were not aware, and in this we have not been wrong. And even if, as you think, this is a mistake, in saying that the soul is immortal, that there is a judgment after death, that goodness will be rewarded in the resurrection, and that God will be the judge, gladly would we endure this deception, for by it we have above all learned to live righteously, looking forward to the hope to come, even while we suffer adversities. The proconsul Perennis said, Apollonius, I had thought that you would now change from this decision of yours and were going to venerate the gods with us. I was hoping, proconsul, said Apollonius, that you would be given a more pious reasoning and that the eyes of your soul would be enlightened by my discourse, so that your heart, bearing fruit, would begin to worship the God who is the creator of all things, and thus, by daily alms and a charitable life, you would offer prayers to him alone as a pure and blameless sacrifice to God. Apollonius, said the proconsul Perennis, I should like to release you, but I am prevented by the decree of the Emperor Commodus. I shall, however, give you a merciful death. With that, he gave a sign that the martyr's legs should be broken. Apollonius, otherwise known as Sacchius, said, Proconsul Perennis, I also thank my God for this sentence of yours, which will bring me salvation, together with all those who believe in Almighty God, his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Such was the glorious end of martyrdom, endured by this most holy victor, called Secchius, with sober mind and generous heart. Today was the day established on which he was to obtain his victory over the evil one. So then, because of his heroic deeds, brothers, 
strengthening our own souls in the faith, let us show ourselves lovers of the same grace, through the mercy and favor of Jesus Christ, with whom, to God the Father, together with the Holy Spirit, is glory and power forever. Amen.